Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash FutureInvestor slash radio. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, July 29th, 2022. Coming up this hour. NASDAQ futures rally thanks to earnings from Amazon and Apple. Intel and Roku shares sell off on disappointing quarterly results. Big oil in the spotlight this morning with Exxon and Chevron reporting. And Janet Yellen says the U.S. economy is slowing but not in a recession. A former New York State Supreme Court justice has been sentenced for taking bribes, plus flooding in eastern Kentucky has left at least eight people dead. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stash, Aaron Sports. Aaron Judge strikes again. A home run bottom of the ninth inning, giving the Yankees a one nothing win over Kansas City. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. stock index futures are rising this morning. We are coming up to 601 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are up 31 points, Dow futures up 85, and NASDAQ futures up 154. That's up 1.2%. Ten-year Treasury down 11.30 seconds, yield 2.71%, and the yield on the two-year, 2.89%. And NYMEX crude oil is up 2.1%. Nathan. Karen, the big lift in Nasdaq futures follows earnings from two tech giants. Let's begin with Amazon. Those shares are surging by 12%. The company reported revenue that topped estimates and gave a strong sales forecast for the current quarter. Bloomberg Intelligence senior retail analyst Poonam Goyle says it's quite a different story from another high-profile retailer. We were not worried about what we saw earlier this week with Walmart taking down guidance as we had thought that Amazon has a different customer base. Amazon doesn't target the low-income consumer, so we didn't think Walmart's woes would bleed into Amazon, and that's exactly what we saw today. Bloomberg Intelligence Analyst Poonam Goyle says Amazon added full and part-time jobs at the slowest pace since 2019 in an effort to cut costs. Well, Nathan Apple shares also higher. They're up more than 2.5%. The company's revenue and profit narrowly topped estimates, with iPhone sales holding up better than expected. Tom Giles is an executive technology editor for Bloomberg News. The market took away that Apple so far is weathering the downturn relatively well. Um, and they, even though they missed on a couple of their different products, they did uh, surpass Wall Street's uh, projections on the iPhone, which is their biggest product, all-important product. Bloomberg's Tom Giles says the iPad also performed better than feared, though other products, including Macs and wearables, fell short of projections. Well, on the flip side, Karen, shares of Intel are down 9.5% in early trading. The chipmaker's profit and sales missed estimates, and it's also slashing forecasts. More from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. 
the world's biggest maker of computer processors was weighed down by a steep drop in demand for data center chips and a steep decline in PC shipments. After two years of growth, spending on laptop and desktop machines is declining quickly as rising inflation is leading consumers to shy away from large purchases. The market for chips that power PCs is still Intel's biggest source of revenue and the cash needed to fund an ambitious attempt by CEO Pat Helsinger to restore the company to semiconductor industry leadership. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thank you. We have another stock getting hammered this morning. Roku shares are down more than 24%. The maker of streaming TV devices reported disappointing second quarter results. Roku said advertisers are pulling back on spending due to economic concerns. And the earnings continue today, Karen, with big oil in the spotlight. Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger reports ExxonMobil and Chevron post quarterly results this morning. There could be a lot to like when ExxonMobil reports. Bloomberg Intelligence says the company likely saw a substantial increase in net earnings from its refining unit. If that drove a major improvement in free cash flow, it could mean faster share buybacks. Refining improvements at Chevron likely lag behind ExxonMobil. BI says the company's balance sheet may be in a net cash position before the end of the year if it continues to hold back on share repurchases. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Day. All right, Jeff, thank you. Well, turning to the economy now, there's a key report coming up before we wrap up the week. The University of Michigan issues its National Consumer Sentiment Index for July at 10 a.m. Wall Street time. And Bloomberg's Vinnie Dalgiudice has more. The prior report covering early July showed long-term inflation expectations declined. At that time, at least, the consumer surveyed anticipated prices would rise at an annual rate of 2.8%, Over the next 5 to 10 years, today we're pushing 9% inflation. Overall, consumer sentiment is suffering with the University of Michigan index at historic lows. Vinny Delchud, Ice Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Vinny, thanks. That sentiment report comes a day after the latest GDP data fired up the debate over whether the U.S. has slipped into a recession. One top official says no. Let's get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is rejecting the notion that the U.S. has entered a recession. She points to continued job creation, gains in consumer spending, strong household finances, and growth in business, although she acknowledges a slowdown is needed to tame inflation. We know there are challenges ahead of us. Growth is slowing globally. Inflation remains unacceptably high, and it's this administration's top priority to bring it down. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says she remains optimistic about the country's ability to fight inflation. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. Well, we also have news on the geopolitical front this morning. Presidents Biden and Xi Jinping have now agreed to set up an in-person meeting, and Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the details. This could be interpreted as a positive sign that dialogue could remain open, but Tensions remain high with words like constructive left out of the readouts. White House spokeswoman Karen Jean-Pierre says Taiwan was a major issue. President Biden underscored that the United States policy has not changed and that the United States strongly opposes unilateral efforts to change the status. 
Also mention of the readouts, efforts to fight climate change and protect the global macro economy. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Ed, thanks. S&P futures up 30 points now. Dow futures up 90. NASDAQ futures up 151 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 12.30 seconds, yield 2.72%. Local headlines and a check of sports up next. This is Bloomberg. And at 6.07 on Wall Street, we're at 75 degrees in Central Park. Got an overturned tractor trailer on the southbound 684 off-ramp to 287 in Harrison. More coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. A former New York State Supreme Court justice was sentenced to a year and four months in jail. Attorney General Letitia James says former Judge John McCallick accepted bribes from a Democratic Party political operative. James says McCallick took bribes from former Erie County Democratic Committee Chairman G. Stephen Pigeon in exchange for political, judicial, and personal favors. In Kentucky, at least eight people are dead after more than 10 inches of rain in 24 hours. It submerged homes, washed away roads, and triggered mudslides. Governor Andy Bashir has declared a state of emergency. The state police are fully active, have an extra helicopter that can be used in rescues. The transportation cabinet is actively working, preparing for debris removal. Uh, Fish and Wildlife uh, is uh, out with boats, uh, working to make water rescues where safe for their personnel. Forestry is uh, ready uh, for any cleanup. This is an all-hands-on-deck. Governor Bashir says about 20,000 people are without power. Former President Donald Trump says the Saudi-funded live golf circuit has created a gold rush for players. Trump played around yesterday on his home course at Trump National Bedminster. This one was the Live Golf Invitational Pro-Am. The former president says what the Saudi-backed league is doing is good for golf because it gives players an alternative. Trump also says nobody has gotten to the bottom of 9-11. Three hostile foreign actors breached the federal court's document management system via an incredibly significant and sophisticated cyber attack more than 18 months ago. The chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Gerald Nadler, said that the hack had a disturbing impact on both pending civil and criminal litigation and national security. The Mega Millions lottery drawing tonight, the jackpot, $1.1 billion. What would you do with all that money? Pay some bills. Definitely pay bills. Uh, that would be a priority. That's the number one priority for me. Knock some bills down. Uh, and after that, uh, I'll see what I got left. It's the third largest prize in U.S. lottery history. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barb. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Yeah, $1.1 billion would take care of a lot of bills. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> Almost 6.10 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashow. All right, Nathan. The Yankees' 67th win of the year, 38 at home, and 12 of the 38, nearly a third, have been walk-off wins. And three of the 12 have ended just like the one last night. And the pitch swung around. Hit in the air. The deep left center. It is high. It is far. It has got a walk-off home run to win the game. A judgy and blast. A one-out, 
bottom of the ninth. Home run by Judge to win the ball game one nothing. Sterling WFAN. Great pitchers duel. Kansas City's Brady Singer. Seven innings allowed only one hit. Struck out ten. The Yanks, Jameson Tyone, Ron Marinaccio, Clayton Holmes. Together they gave up only four hits. No walks. Twelve strikeouts. So scoreless until the Aaron Judge blast. 431 feet off Scott Farlow. Judge's 39th home run of the year. He had never had a walk-off homer before this season. He's had three in the last two and a half months. Andrew Benintendi made his Yankee debut, faced the team that just traded him, batted leadoff, went 0 for 4. The series continues tonight. The Mets tonight visit the Marlins. The Mets just sent two minor leaguers to Cincinnati for outfielder Tyler Naquin. He was hitting 246 for the Reds. Rangers drafted Capo Kecko second overall. A couple years ago, they have given the 21-year-old a two-year contract extension. The Jets signed linebacker Quan Alexander. He had been with New Orleans before that, the 49ers, where he was coached by Jets coach Robert Sala. Whiteout DK Metcalf, new contract with Seattle, and the Dallas Cowboys signed kick returner Kevante Turpin. He was the USFL MVP with the New Jersey Generals. John Stashower, Bloom Sports, Nathan. Thank you, John. S&P futures up 29 points now. Dow futures up 85. Nasdaq futures higher by 148 points. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 11.30 weather, partly sunny, maybe an afternoon shower, thunderstorm going up to near 90 degrees, partly sunny tomorrow, upper 80s, mix of sun and clouds Sunday, upper 80s. Right now, 75 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. And earnings from Chevron crossing the Bloomberg. It did expand its share buybacks by as much as 50% after blowing past all forecasts with the strongest quarterly performance in company history and shares jumping in early trading up 3.2%. Stocks in Europe and the U.S. are set for their biggest monthly advance since November 2020 on positive earnings. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are up about 29 points. Dow futures up 87 and NASDAQ futures up 140, up 1.1 percent. The DAX in Germany is up nine-tenths of a percent. The 10-year Treasury down 9.30 seconds. Yield 2.71 percent. The yield on the two-year 2.88 percent. NYMEX crude oil up 1.7 percent up $1.64 at $98.05 a barrel. COMEX gold up half percent or $8 at 17.77.20 an ounce. The euro 1.0215 against the dollar. British pound 1.216 Zero and the yen 133.22 and bitcoin is higher up a quarter percent at twenty four thousand one hundred dollars that's a bloomberg business flash now here's michael barr with more on what's going on around the world michael Darren, thank you very much president xi jinping warned against meddling in china's dealings with taiwan during a phone call with his u.s counterpart joe biden it comes among Beijing's opposition to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's possible visit to Taiwan that China claims as its own. Flooding in eastern Kentucky has left at least eight people dead. 
Governor Andy Bashir has declared a state of emergency. In baseball, the Yankees beat the Royals 1-zip. The Red Sox beat the Guardians 4-2. The Orioles shut out the Rays 3-0. The Giants beat the Cubs 4-2. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. It is 619 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And even as we watch big oil earnings begin to cross the Bloomberg terminal, we keep our focus on big tech after a very interesting week for the tech sector, capped off by Amazon and Apple both posting strong earnings despite economic headwinds. Let's bring in Matthew Bloxham, Senior Industry Analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence, for more on what we learned from the two big tech giants. Matt, good morning. Let's start off with Amazon, just because the shares are surging so much, still managing to uh, eke out revenue, even with inflation and cost cuts. Do you think that can continue as we get through the rest of this year and with the Fed uh, tightening policy? I mean, they're, they're certainly very confident about the next quarter. I mean, they, they delivered uh, 10% constant currency growth in the quarter just reported and looking for as much as, you know, maybe kind of, 15 to 17% um, in the quarter ahead. And I think that's coming from both uh, resilience in the e-commerce business, you know, which, which is kind of more or less flat, um, constant currency, but really coming the cloud business, Amazon Web Services. So, yeah, near term, you know, obviously some, some weakness in the consumer, but not really kind of denting their business too much. And I think the other really positive thing, which I think is probably more behind the share price reaction, is uh, what they've been able to deliver on costs um, in the quarter just reported. That was a big concern for people as they came out of the pandemic, that they'd perhaps over-invested in capacity for the e-commerce business, uh, and they're starting to show signs that they're getting that under control and and some positive messaging about the quarters ahead in terms of what they'll be doing on headcount uh, and getting ex- spending more in line um, with the, the revenue they're expecting to get from from across the different parts of the business. So as Amazon uh, navigates the rest of this year, uh, Matt, where do you see the business really seeing signs of growth? Is it going to be more on the e-commerce side or is it going to be more on cloud? I think it's more on cloud. And, and again, we, we saw them say yesterday that uh, they're shifting the focus of their spending uh, towards that part of the business because that's where the, the, the strength is. Um, that, that unit grew at something like 33% year over year and the quarter just gone. Uh, it's the dominant cloud provider in the world, probably about 35% share. And they were saying there's still a huge amount of opportunity uh, in that marketplace. So I think that's going to continue to be both the, the driver of both revenues and profit for them to give you a sense in the first six months of the year. Um, the cloud business delivered something like $12 billion of operating income compared to about $5 billion of losses across the other businesses. So, yeah, it really is the revenue and profit engine of Amazon right now. When it comes to Apple, we saw pretty strong results for iPhone and iPad in particular. What about the rest of the business? There was some weakness in some of the other parts of what Apple puts out. Yeah, that's right. So um, a big miss on the wearable segment. Um, So maybe the kind of the Watch 7 not rallying so well. That was about a 10% miss um, against expectations. Um, And also a miss on Mac, so the kind of PC division. I think that the, the people are more comfortable about the Mac miss because essentially it's about um, timing of new products. Obviously, some of, some of that's been down to shortage of chips, 
and then prioritizing uh, chip supply to the iPhone and the iPads. So I think there's confidence that when those new products come out in the next uh, few months, that'll pep up demand on the Mac side. I think the the wearables is is a little bit more of a head scratcher. I guess people will be hoping that the the Watch 8, which should come out maybe in September, um, will be a bigger upgrade, and people will get more excited about that uh, as their next timepiece. Our last minute here, Matt. Is there any concern that Apple is going to manage to keep that product line going with the China exposure and the potential p- perhaps for uh, supply chain disruptions? I think the, um, the the noises yesterday were that maybe the ch- supply chain issues, while still there, are easing. So I think that, that there's more confidence, if you like, that um, there's going to be a better balance between supply and demand in the next couple of quarters. Clearly, China um, is a bit of an issue for them, uh, but I, I'd say certainly in in the commentary and what we saw in the numbers, they they the release for the quarter just gone, um, that perhaps held up a bit better than people expected. And I think you know. They, they said it was the biggest course they've ever seen for people shifting from Android to iOS. So I think, you know, that the um, the appetite for Apple products, certainly in the iPhone area, is still incredibly strong. Appreciate this, Matt. Thanks for coming on with us. Matthew Bloxham, Senior Industry Analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence on Amazon. After earnings, shares are up 12% in the pre-market and on Apple. Those shares higher by about 2% this morning. Driving NASDAQ futures higher. They're up 140 points, a gain of 1.1%. S&P futures up 29. Dow futures higher by 96 points. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, partly sunny, maybe an afternoon shower or storm to end the week. We'll get up to near 90 degrees. It'll be partly to mostly sunny tomorrow. All weekend long, we're looking for highs near 90. Right now, 75 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 99.1 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119 and around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things that you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Broker Simple IBKR Global Trader App. Deposit in your local currency and trade stocks in the U.S., Europe, and Asia. Start your free trial at IBKR.com slash Global Trader. Up first, futures are higher. Following earnings from two tech giants, Amazon shares are surging 12% after the company reported revenue that topped estimates, and Apple shares are up 2% after it also beat estimates. Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Analyst Matthew Bloxham has more. They were keeping costs under control. That's been a really big focus for Amazon shareholders recently. And optimistic about the next quarter, you know, they issued a range for revenue guidance that was pretty much consistent with where analysts are expecting it to be. I think for Apple, iPhone sales held up better than expected. People are expecting new Macs to come on in the next quarter. That's going to really help sales. And encouraging Tim Cook said they expect to see progress in revenue in the next quarter. 
Matthew Bloxham with Bloomberg Intelligence says both Amazon and Apple are positioned for strong performances in the next quarter. And we've just gotten results from Chevron and ExxonMobil, Karen. The big oil companies both reporting earnings above analyst estimates. Shares of Intel are down nearly 10 percent. The chipmaker's profit and sales missed projections. And Roku shares are plunging down more than 24 percent after it also missed estimates. Well, Nathan, a key economic report is also due out today. The University of Michigan issues its national Consumer Sentiment Index for July. It comes as experts debate whether the U.S. has slipped into a recession. One top official says no. We get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is rejecting the notion that the U.S. has entered a recession. She points to continued job creation, gains in consumer spending, strong household finances, and growth in business. Although she acknowledges a slowdown is needed to tame inflation. We know there are challenges ahead of us. Growth is slowing globally. Inflation remains unacceptably high. And it's this administration's top priority to bring it down. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says she remains optimistic about the country's ability to fight inflation. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Hi, Renita. And a note on geopolitics this morning, Presidents Biden and Xi Jinping have agreed to set up an in-person meeting after their long phone call yesterday. And futures this morning are on the rise. S&P futures up about 30 points. Dow futures up 100. NASDAQ futures up 144. That's the five things that you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. And it's now 633 on Wall Street, 75 degrees in Central Park. We've got an accident on the southbound FDR Drive at 63rd Street that uh, Peter Van's going to tell you about in a few minutes. First, Michael Barr is here with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. A former state Supreme Court justice and a former Democratic power broker from western New York were sentenced to prison for their roles in a bribery scheme which authorities say influenced judicial decisions and official appointments. G. Stephen Pigeon, the ex-chairman of the Erie County Democratic Committee, received a one-year sentence. Former Justice John McCallick received a year and four months. Heavy rains have caused flash flooding and mudslides as storms pound parts of eastern Kentucky. Kentucky Governor Andy Beshear says that at least eight people have died from the flooding in the state. We have activated our National Guard. In fact, I just signed a state of emergency that will unlock the resources needed, and also tell the people of eastern Kentucky that we are going to be there for them. Governor Bashir also says about 20,000 people are without power. New York City Mayor Eric Adams met with the newly confirmed director of the ATF, Steve Dettelbach. In the statement, Adams says the ATF will be a partner in ending the flow of illegal guns to New York City and in taking down the violent offenders. We want... ATF to double the number of agents here in New York City. And we need Congress to support the ATF with the resources to make that happen. Mayor Adams also called for revoking the license of the nation's largest supplier of ghost guns. Vice President Kamala Harris was in Brooklyn yesterday to speak about the Biden administration's investments in underserved communities, financial institutions, and small businesses. Black and Latino homeowners are rejected by traditional financial institutions at a higher rate when applying for home loans. And this is the case even when they have credit profiles that are similar to other applicants. Vice President Harris made the trip with HUD Secretary Marsha Fudge. 
All right, let's see who's not at work on Monday. The Mega Millions lottery drawing is tonight. It is the third largest prize in U.S. lottery history. The jackpot is worth $1.1 billion. The odds of winning the jackpot are 1 in 302.5 million. I still got a chance. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg News. And you know what they say, can't win if you don't play. (laughs) Thank you, Michael. Almost 6.36 on Wall Street. John Stashauer has a Bloomberg Sports Update. All right, Nathan. Pitchers duel in the Bronx. Kansas City. Brady Singer allowed only one hit. Struck out 10. Jameson Tyone worked six scoreless innings. Ron Marinaccio, two after that. And then Clay Holmes. The Yanks and Royals still scoreless with one out in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, it was time for all to rise. Aaron Judge's 39th home run of the season. The night after he went 0 for 5 with three strikeouts against the Mets. 431 feet off the Royal Sky Barlow. Just the Yanks' second hit of the game, and they won one to nothing. It is their 12th walk-off win. That's 12 of their 38 at home, so nearly a third. Judge has had four of those game-winning hits, three of them home runs. He had never had a walk-off hit until this season. Only other Yankee to hit three walk-off home runs of the season. Nicky Mantle. The new Yankee, Andrew Benintendi, batted leadoff, went 0 for 4 against the team that just traded him. Before going to the Royals, Benintendi played for the Red Sox. Playing for the Sox, you get, you get a little, you know, a bit of a smack talk, which is great. I mean, it's all, it's all good fun. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've seen how this place can get and how how uh, pumped up and how energized it can get. So I'm excited to be out there um, you know, and be able to call this a home stadium. The Mets have a new outfielder themselves. They just sent two minor leaguers to Cincinnati for Tyler Naquin. The Mets visit the Marlins tonight. Arizona Cardinals QB Kyler Murray just got that big contract, but unhappy with the uproar over the report of the so-called homework clause where Murray's required to work on the game plan each week. Murray called it a joke. The Cardinals have now taken the clause out of the contract. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thank you. 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market with Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent. Kriti Gupta joining us with the focus on the oil majors now that the earnings focus is uh, turned that way. So much to discuss, Nathan. I'm just looking yes. through these earnings. I mean, they are literally hitting the wire as as we speak. We are seeing ExxonMobil shares. We'll start with big oil here, and then we'll go to big tech. ExxonMobil, XOM is your taker. Those shares are up 2.6% in the pre-market. It's pretty fascinating here. They posted their best profit ever, of course, is coming off the back of commodity prices. The concern here, though, is about their Russian business. How do they have to actually pull out of Russia some of the costs that are associated there? Also, the question about uh, recession fears. You know, Nathan, I was talking to uh, a, a member of, of the financial community yesterday. We'll keep him anonymous. Talking yeah. about what the actual kind of momentum trade in the commodity hedging actually is. If you're talking about recession, the commodity trade is the first one that falls apart at any sign of recession. You've kind of already seen that with this 20% pullback in the oil markets. But nevertheless, when it comes to Exxon's bottom line, that problem Profit still soaring to an all-time high, Nathan. But it's not just Exxon. you got to talk about Chevron as well. CVX is your taker, up about 3.7% in the pre-market. They have record profit, too, and here's what they're doing with it. They're mm. increasing their share buybacks by, get this, as much as 50%, blowing Ooh. past all those profit forecasts enormously strong quarterly performance in company history. So you really can see that big oil, big oil is thriving right now. 
Well, yeah, it certainly seems to be, even despite the uh, headwinds around the war in Russia and uh, Ukraine. But uh, we do have to talk as well about the big tech story. We're still watching uh, Amazon shares in particular surge this morning. We absolutely are. And I think a good way to frame this conversation is simply that uh, this they had some really tough expectations to beat, or, or I, I should say there was such a gloomy forecast going into these earnings. So AMZN is your ticker. The shares are up about 12%. This is massive for Amazon, which, by the way, has been beaten up in the last two years or so. And this comes as the fa- they show that their cost story, they can actually control it. They are able to generate more sales. They are able to slow that spending picture. And that was really the concern for Amazon, the fact that you do have these kind of uh, higher pressures on the consumer. You have higher shipping costs. You have higher labor costs as well. I love to give the example that I'm actually seeing commercials for Amazon not advertising to the consumer, but advertising to workers to come work for their warehouses, which is significant. speaks to the labor dynamics here. But they're actually showing that those margin concerns, well, they're actually getting better. So that's something to keep in mind. And of course, Apple shares, we always have to talk about this. Shares are up in the pre-market to the tune of about 2.5%. Yeah, after the big beat on uh, iPhone and iPad sales in particular. Thanks, Creedy. As always, Bloomberg TV and Radio Markets Correspondent Kriti Gupta in the pre-market. Looking ahead to the open, S&P futures are higher by 32 points. Dow futures up 122. NASDAQ futures still leading the gains after the big tech earnings. Up 155 points, a gain of 1.2%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather highs uh, near 90 degrees today, tomorrow, and the next day. Maybe an afternoon shower or storm, but a really nice weekend on tap. Currently 75 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. And futures on the rise this morning, especially NASDAQ futures, which are jumping almost 1.2%. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures are on the green right now, helped by earnings last night from Amazon and Apple. Dow futures currently up 121 points. S&P's gained 32, while NASDAQ futures rise by 147. The U.S. 10-year-old at 2.7%. Gold is up 5. Oil is climbing. But Bitcoin is little changed. Hong Kong fell 2.3% overnight, while European markets are trading higher this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30, PCE at 9.45, Chicago PMI, and at 10 o'clock, Michigan sentiment. After the bell last night, Amazon sales did top estimates. Apple revenue beat estimates, but Intel cut its sales and profit forecasts for the rest of the year. Regarding earnings this morning, Chevron and ExxonMobil both beat estimates. And wrapping things up, Intel was cut to neutral at Robert Baird. Facebook cut to sell at DZ Bank. And Comcast was cut to neutral over at J.P. Morgan. Live from the first to break a news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. President Joe Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping told aides to plan an in-person meeting during yesterday's call. The fifth conversation between the leaders of the world's two largest economies centered on Taiwan, a longtime flashpoint exacerbated by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's possible visit to the island next month. Flooding in eastern Kentucky has left at least eight people dead. The area is bracing for more rain. 
In baseball, the Yankees beat the Royals 1-zip. The Red Sox beat the Guardians 4-2. The Orioles shut out the Rays 3-0. The Giants beat the Cubs 4-2. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg, Karen. All right, Michael, thank you. 649 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, transforming computing professionals into data scientists to meet the demand in this fast-growing field. Learn more at njit.edu slash data science. And here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. The Biden administration reportedly will offer updated booster shots for the coronavirus in September. According to the New York Times, Pfizer and Moderna have promised they can deliver the new vaccines by then. The Times says the new boosters are expected to offer more protection against the Omicron subvariant BA5. The House has passed a package to support the domestic chip industry. It includes $52 billion in grants and incentives for semiconductor manufacturing in the U.S. Now goes to President Biden for his signature. And a new study says human-caused climate change made last week's deadly heat wave in England and Wales at least 10 times more likely and added a few degrees to how brutally hot it got. A team of international scientists found that the heat wave that set a new national record high at more than 104 degrees Fahrenheit was made stronger and more likely by the buildup of heat-trapped gas from the burning of coal, oil, and natural gas. The study is by World Weather Attribution, a collection of scientists across the globe who do real-time studies of extreme weather. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. All right, Karen, thanks. We're live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, where it's almost 6.51 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include Presidents Biden and Xi planning to meet in person as tensions intensify over Taiwan. The president countering GOP talk of recession by touting job gains and the start of the congressional August recess in the era. Senate Democrats wait for a ruling on their spending deal. Let's bring back Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins for more on all these stories. So, Emily, what's the latest on what we've heard about the president's call with China's Xi Jinping yesterday? So we know that it was about a two-hour call. And based on the readouts that we've seen, uh, the call is apparently went well enough that the two of them are now talking about scheduling an in-person meeting. This would be the first in-person meeting uh, of Biden and Xi since Biden became president. Um, there's not a lot of details yet about exactly when that would be, but we're, of course, keeping a very close eye out. And Taiwan was also discussed. Remember, uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, it's been reported that she will be heading to the island uh, in a trip that begins today. It's going to include several countries in the Asia-Pacific region. But the Taiwan trip's huge. She would be the highest-ranking U.S. official to visit Taiwan in t- over 25 years. Uh, the Pentagon and Department of Defense have been looking at security options. And even though they've kind of suggested that they're not super comfortable with this trip, a lot of lawmakers on both sides of the aisle have really backed Pelosi going and have kind of encouraged her to not back out now for any pressure reasons. The Taiwan trip did come up a little bit in the phone call yesterday uh, with President Biden and President Xi. Uh, Xi warned Biden. He said, uh, whoever plays with fire will get burned. And Biden reemphasized that the U.S. uh, opposes any change in the current status quo or any undermining of the peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait. So it would be interesting to see if the speaker goes what and how does Beijing wind up retaliating? Yeah, it seems like we've really seen a buildup of t- 
tensions even with Speaker Pelosi, not even confirming whether she's going to go to Taiwan. If we do get an in-person meeting between Presidents Biden and Xi, given the, the tensions that still exist between these two countries, what would the president hope to accomplish by going face to face with the Chinese leader? I mean, part of the one thing that you hear from the White House a lot is that it's simply important to keep the line of communication open between Biden and Xi. They are two leaders of two giant uh, powers, two giant economies, and they do need to be having these communications. There are certain efforts that the U.S. and China, of course, work on, things like climate change, uh, things like trade agreements. Uh, but there's also a number of points of tension where the U.S. is trying to put pressure on China in terms of human rights abuses, in terms of you know what's happening with Taiwan and the Taiwan Strait. So so it's a very complex relationship overall. It would be interesting to hear what the White House would lay out for potential goals for a meeting once one actually gets scheduled. And, of course, the other big source of tension uh, here in the U.S. is the economy still. And now these latest GDP readings that seem to have uh, given Republicans like on a silver platter a new talking point against the White House. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you saw Senator Ted Cruz yesterday try to actually introduce legislation just affirming that two quarters of negative GDP equals a recession because you're hearing, of course, a Biden come out very strongly against that, really pushing back, saying that, you know what, the jobs market's looking really good. Uh, we don't have the National Bureau of Economic Research weighing in yet on whether or not this is a recession. Um, really trying to push hard against that, really trying to continue the, the narrative that the economy is doing well. But, I mean, Nathan, you can message all you want. When Americans go to the grocery store and they see the current levels of inflation, I think that speaks more than any sort of messaging that the White House could be doing. So I'm really curious to see exactly how much being in a recession or not being in a recession ultimately impacts the political fortunes of Democrats. Uh, Certainly it's not preventing them, didn't prevent them from passing that $52 billion chips bill this week, and it doesn't seem to be slowing anything down as they consider uh, that very large climate and healthcare package. Yeah. And I mean, that's something that the president has said is going to be important to tamp down inflation and to keep the economy from going into what he considers a recession. This new deal between uh, Senators Manchin and Schumer that had been left for dead just a couple days ago. Yeah, this was a huge surprise for us in Washington that this deal was resurrected. Uh, We thought it was just down to a couple of health care provisions, but no, it actually contains a substantial amount on climate as well as some things that lawmakers wanted to do on taxes. Really, the big question right now, where does Senator Kristen Sinema stand? Because if she opposes this, and she might because there are taxes, uh, tax changes in here that she does not like, uh, is she going to potentially sink this? You still need all 50 senators. Just because you have Joe Manchin on board doesn't mean it's a yes if you have one other Democratic senator being a no. In our last minute here, Emily, are they going to be able to pass this without uh, Republican votes? I mean, there's still a question about whether every provision in this really big bill uh, can pass under the budget reconciliation rules, right? Yeah, that's the other thing. Uh, the Democrats submitted the text to the Senate parliamentarian. Remember, she's kind of the uh, the referee here, looking through everything, deciding if it can or cannot go through reconciliation. We're expecting to hear a ruling from her potentially next week. Um, that could lead to senators passing the bill, but it's still a bit of a question up in the air on what the timeline exactly is going to be here. The Senate was already supposed to be in next week. The House is getting ready to come back at some point in August after the Senate passes the bill. Um, so lawmakers are 
are certainly being prepared for that one. But yes, Nathan, I mean, if all 50 Democrats and all but three Democrats in the House are supportive of this, they can absolutely pass it without Republicans. All right. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins uh, keeping on top of everything in the nation's capital. Even in the dog days of summer, there is a lot going on in D.C. And you can read a lot more about it on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal and follow all the latest. Bloomberg Radio in Washington, Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Wall Street, big focus is earnings after Amazon and Apple came out with strong results. NASDAQ futures are on the rise by 1.1%, a gain of 144 points. S&P futures up 32 points, and Dow futures are higher by 119 points. That's a gain of four-tenths percent. ExxonMobil and Chevron both also came out with strong results. Those shares are climbing as well in the pre-market. And the 10-year Treasury is down 6.30 seconds, yield 2.69%. The yield on the two-year right now. 2.86%. Bloomberg Surveillance is next with Tom Keen, Jonathan Farrow, and Lisa Abramowitz. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager. Happy Friday. This is Bloomberg. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for the Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash Future Investor slash Radio.